Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome, Browns backers. I'm Chuck Campisi, joined by Tony Dick, and this is Believe in the Browns. And just to give you a quick background on who your hosts are, Tony Dick worked in various capacities with the Browns over the course of 21 seasons with the team. So when he mentions being in the building, it's being in the building. He started with the team as a member of the grounds crew in 91, worked with them up until the time they left for the city who shall not be named. Uh, (laughs) He rejoined the Browns upon their return to Cleveland and served his last nine years with the team as the team's manager of alumni relations before leaving in October of 2015. Tony is also a member of the Pro Football Researchers Association and has served as a research assistant for several documentary projects with NFL Films, NBC Sports, Time Warner Cable Sports Channel, and Epics. Myself, I have experience in the sports industry in various capacities with Major League Baseball teams, NCAA programs, the Miami Dolphins, the Buffalo Bills, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, where I earned a Super Bowl ring with the Buccaneers. Super Bowl, anybody? 37. 37. Uh, And between Tony and I, we've probably worked about 20 Super Bowls. We're brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? Welcome, Browns backers. It's Chuck Campisi here with Tony Dick, and we all believe in the Browns. We're brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? If you enjoy the show, please subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com, that's B-L-E-A-V.com, and at Believe Podcasts, that's at B-L-E-A-V podcasts. Tony, we got a lot to talk about today. In addition to the Browns signing Austin Hooper, Jack Conklin, Case Keenum, we also have Tom Brady leaving the Patriots. We have Stefan Diggs being traded to the Bills. We have DeAndre Hopkins uh, being stolen away from the Texans for an unbelievable deal. You have Ryan Tannehill re-signing, signing you have Schobert going down, uh, looks like, to the Jags for five years, $53 million. You have Teddy Bridgewater maybe getting $20 million. You have Cam Newton out in Carolina, it appears. You have Big Ben reworking his deal in Pittsburgh with the new CBA going on. Where do you want to start, Tony? Uh, well, I figure we'll start with the Browns, or we can start with TB12. What do you got? Uh, I, I mean, I think it's been a, a solid week for the Browns. I mean, I think, um, you, you know, certainly the acquisitions of uh, Hooper, Conklin, Keenum, I mean, that, that should answer any of the doubts that might have been out, uh, out there in regards to what kind of job Andrew Barry was going to be able to do. I mean, certainly this proves that he has the ability to acquire talent. Um, you know, and when you look at the talent that he's brought in, um, I, I think that fills. We certainly needed. There was definitely a need for a backup quarterback. Uh, we did not have that. That's a huge need. 
Um, and then there was definitely. Well, well, what a, do you think? What do you think about Keenum in that role? Well, I, I think obviously he's going to know the offense that's going to be implemented, which th- that helps. Um, he can certainly help tutor, um, you know, Baker as far as you know the ins and outs of that new offense because that that is a, a harsh reality that Baker is going to be going through his third season with his third different offensive, uh, you know, set. So I, I think having someone in that QB room that knows the ins and outs, that's going to be important to uh, kind of flatten that curve out, that learning curve out. And um, I, I don't know, I to be honest with you, I, I like the fact that we have somebody that's going to push Baker Mayfield a little bit. Um, I know he's not probably being brought in and they're not going to advertise that he's being brought in to compete for the job. But I think he's not going to be the type of person that's going to just show up and hold a clipboard. I mean, he's he's going to show out in practice. He's going to um, push Baker Mayfield, which is something that we need because I feel like last year a lot of that step back was the fact that there really wasn't anybody pushing Baker Mayfield. I mean, he was just, you know, he had already, the, the crown had been put on top of his head and, um, you know, we were going to walk into the playoffs. And, um when that didn't happen, there really wasn't anybody in that QB room from a player level that could kind of say, hey, here's what we need to do here. Um, yeah, and I, and I think also, you know, I'm seeing some criticism of, hey, you know, I can't believe they paid $6 million for him, you know, three three years, $18 million, you know, $10 million guaranteed. It's like, listen, you know what, you gotta, you're starting QBs on a rookie deal. Yeah. So if your top two QBs are costing you, you know, $10 million total or whatever – it's a pretty good place to be when the Panthers are looking at paying Teddy Bridgewater, you know, twenty million a year. Um, I would take where the Browns are at this point in the QB room um, from that standpoint at at that level. And I agree with you. He's going to come in. He's going to know the offense. His most successful year as a QB was with Stefanski in Minnesota, so that bodes well. And he hasn't been quite as successful anywhere else. But hey, maybe it is the system. And I'm fine with that. And like you said, it's a guy who's going to come in and, yeah, he's not Peyton Manning. He's not Tom Brady. He's not Drew Brees. But he's a competent, average NFL quarterback that can step in if you need him to step in if Baker doesn't make the progress that you're looking for him to make. You know, anybody that worries about how much he's being paid, first of all, we're not paying him. So. I, you know, well, but nobody, just tell, nobody's asking me what, in terms of how much cap is he's eating yeah. up for the role he's yeah, going to play on I, the team. I get that, but my thing is this: if if God forbid anything happens to Baker Mayfield, would you rather have Case Keenum backing him up or Drew Stanton? I, yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> you know, nothing against Drew Stanton personally, but professionally, I, it's certainly an upgrade. And, and you're always, you know, and that's the thing with Andrew Barry. When you're coming in, you're always looking to upgrade every position, no matter what that position is. And I think this is um, certainly an upgrade at the number two spot, um, which is an important thing. I mean, um, you know, with the concussion protocol that's out there um, and just – you know the line. We're really not sure what the line is. You got to make sure you have some insurance. So I, I don't have a problem with that, um, and I certainly think um, you know not to hop off the, the Keenum train early. But I think bringing in a guy like Jack Conklin certainly helps shore up that line a little bit. So hopefully we're we're not. I mean the goal is to not see Case Keenum, um, you know, on the field. No, um, I agree. But, and, I, uh, and and I think Conklin does a great job. I mean I think you know probably. The best available guy 
mm-hmm. for that role that was there. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I can't, I'm, you know, from a, from an age standpoint, you're looking at a guy that, that when this deal expires, he's going to be 28 years old. Yeah. You know, so for, you know, $42 million for a three-year deal, um, for a guy like that where you know, hey, you know what, the right side of your offensive line, the right tackle position is locked down for the next three years, you know, barring injury. Yeah. No, and, and, and I think this is probably one of the cases where this was an actual name that was mentioned immediately after the season was over, that this is a high-value free agent that's going to be available. And, and um, you know, for us to land him, I think, like I said, it speaks volumes. I know we've criticized the moves uh, over the course of the last year or so here, but you can't really criticize um, picking up you know, Jack Conklin. I, I think it's... Yeah, and I, I really can't... I mean, since Barry has taken over, right, and, and we were, you know, he hadn't necessarily proved his bona fides, so you're waiting to see. Right, this is his first time in the in the lead chair, so you can't make any judgments. You couldn't have reasonably said he was going to be awesome at this job, and you couldn't have reasonably said he was going to be horrible at this job because, as as we had said before, you just didn't know what role he played in some of the previous regimes mm-hmm. and what those decisions were. Yeah. I think from the standpoint of decisions that have been made from the players that have been released, and now the few signings that have been made, I think Browns fans are have to be happy with those positions. You're talking about a guy that was, you know. Third best among right tackles in, in pass block win rate last year. So if you're getting into some of the analytics stuff, right? And he was number one in single teams, yeah. right? So that's a guy that you're going to want on the team. And you got two other guys that were top ten in their positions with Treader, who was third, and Betonio, who was ninth, staying on that line. You got three really solid offensive linemen right now. And, and I don't think, you know, if you can shore it up a little bit and you definitely need a left tackle, that's going to be the biggest challenge. But, I mean, most teams need a left tackle and you're not going to get an all-pro. If we can get a, a solid NFL player at that role um, during this offseason, that would be great as well. Yeah. So moving on then, what about Hooper? Well, I, I, I like, you know, after the season, I, I know a lot of people are saying, well, you know, you pair him with uh, Njoku, you've got this – you know, dynamic duo, but I, I'll be honest with you. I think Njoku, uh, I, I think he's a guy you move on from. I think you're, you're picking him, you're picking up Hooper more so to give you the ability to move on from Njoku a, a, instead of adding him to Njoku. I, I mean, I can't see them keeping Chubb, Hunt, Landry, Beckham, and Njoku. And who? I mean, that's a lot. That's a lot of. There's only one football. Yeah, only one football. <laughs> and, 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 you know, to be honest, I, I think sometimes you have to pare it down a little bit. Although, if you bring in Tom Brady, oh, no. I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we, yeah, he's not coming here unless we get a left tackle uh, sometime um, soon. No, but go ahead. Go ahead. But, but, I mean, if you, if you, I think sometimes you need to pare it down to just a few weapons. Um, you, you know, I, I think too many people, um, we saw it a little bit last year. You start getting frustration when guys aren't getting the ball, and and you know, God forbid, if we lose, um, you know, guys are pointing fingers. You know, hey, if I'd gotten the ball more, maybe we would have had different results or whatever. I think you you got to avoid that. So I think Hooper, I, I don't know, I, I, Njoku just hasn't really when he came in, his physical just stuff, and this goes back to what we said about the um, 
the combine, like physically, Njoku is a beast. Um, he's a freak, but on the field, he just is not produced. I mean, he really, he's made, made a lot of bonehead uh, decisions too. So, um, I don't know, Hooper seems like a, a nice replacement more than an addition um, to the tight end core. Yeah, and, and I guess it would it, it would be interesting because the Vikings did run a lot of two tight end sets. I mean, they ran two tight end sets about 57% of the time. So, you know, maybe you do keep Njoku and, you know, because, again, he's still on that rookie contract and you got a guy who's not making um, tons of money and then you let the contract run out. So if this season works out in your favor, hey, maybe you bring him back. But if it doesn't, Hey, you can just easily, hey, you know, we're going to release him and it's not going to take a monster cap hit and all of those pieces fall into place. But yeah, Hooper's your number one. I don't think there's a question about that. But if you're going to install a similar offense to what the Vikings are were running when Stefanski was there, then you're looking at a, a lot of two tight end sets potentially that he could be a valuable piece. Or maybe you decide, hey, you know, we want a guy who's just a, more traditional blocking tight end who is essentially your you know your third tackle um and and hooper is going to be our guy that's going to be the one running the routes and whoever else we bring in is going to just be you know staying on the line yeah so it'll it'll be interesting uh from that standpoint and it's good it's good i think it opens up the offense potentially gives a really great threat that i don't think joku does um or has done for the offense. Yeah. It, it, you know, and I guess the, the one thing, if I, I guess it probably wouldn't be an episode, right? If we didn't criticize a little bit, I think maybe the, the one thing, and I know we're just, you know, getting to the start of the free agency period here. We're still in legal tampering. The, the, <laughs> well, these three guys are all offensive guys. And I think as much as the offense had weapons last year, but we did have holes, and, and one of those holes was right tackle, and that's been filled. One of the holes was backup quarterback that has been filled. Um, I look at the defense, and what we're hemorrhaging talent on defense, and um, you know we only have so many picks. So at some point, I I, I think you know it'd be interesting to interesting to see if Andrew. Um, if he fills any of those holes before the draft through free agency, because at linebacker, you know, we, we've lost Kirksey, we've lost Schobert. Um, you know, we still have a huge need at, at safety. Um, you know, we certainly could always use an edge rusher. I mean, there's needs that we have um, that are significant, and I just don't know where we're going to fill those. I mean, if we're planning on filling them through the draft – I mean, I guess it doesn't matter to me how much talent you have on offense. We can't be um, performing on defense the way we've performed in the past and be successful. No, and I think there's still some safeties out there, and, and there's some you know linebackers that they could go after. I mean, obviously you have to get some linebackers at this point when you're releasing Schobert and, and Kirksey you know, together. Um, and speaking of Schobert, I mean, would you have been happy paying him $53 million for a five-year deal? I, you know, I, I don't know. With, with a guy like that, I'm 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 always a little torn. I, I think you know, I don't know. 
You 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 want you got to keep somebody around at some point. I always I had understand. that feeling. Yes, I, I yeah. mean, you, you know, I think you can't it can't just be a constant revolving door. At the same time, um, that is it is a lot of money, but what else is out there? I, I mean, that's that's the other thing. I, I guess you really can't comment on it until we find out who they replace him with. I guess. Um, yeah, I mean, my thing is for Schobert is that I just think, you know, I think he was a solid player, but I think the numbers might have been a little inflated because. <laughs> Some of the other positions weren't necessarily doing what they needed to do. So, you know, by happenstance, he got the tackle because nobody on our defensive line decided to stop the guy. Um, And if you're getting blown off the ball at that level, hey, at least he's stopping them on the second level. So kudos for that. But maybe that is a little more um, directed because you don't have as solid a play in some other spots, and so those guys are getting some numbers that they may might not otherwise get at other positions. But I think you're right; you can't you can't necessarily know that until you put somebody else in those roles or you see what he does at a, at a new team. Yeah. So, so from a Brown standpoint, anything else, Tony? I mean, we can get into some of the other things uh, that are happening in the NFL universe. Um, yeah, no, I, I mean, the, the biggest thing, I didn't get a chance to talk about it last week because I was... Um, uh, You're trying. enjoying your New York festivities. Yes, yes. Um, you know, I think the one thing that I thought was kind of funny and it's a off-field, <clears throat> you know, issue was the uh, was the statement they put out regarding their... Um, the team put out regarding um, Brown's backers groups <sighs> and their, their criticism of the team and how it would be handled and... And I just, um, like I said, I, I guess I'm dragging us down that road of Debbie Downer. But I, I just feel like that's that's something the team shouldn't be getting involved in. I mean, that, that kind of language towards your fans is just, I mean, come on. Already. Well, not only that, I mean, like, who's policing that, right? I mean, are you, are you actually going to have a staff member? You're going to pay somebody actual real money yeah. to do that? And so if you're if you're not going to police it, why even say it? Because you're just antagonizing people for no reason. Well, and I feel like Browns backers, you know, that's the one. I mean, if you're to talk about assets that the Haslam's, um, you know, got when they purchased the team, the, the greatest asset is their fan base. Uh, you know, fan base, history of the team, those are one and two uh, as far as their assets. And um I, I just feel like out of the gate they they bashed the uh, Browns backers, you know, basically kicking everyone out of the group initially and making them re-sign up um, so that they could put them in a portal to sell them tickets because you know God knows if you're a Browns backer, um, you, you know you you have no knowledge of uh, you know the fact that tickets are for sale for games. I mean, <laughs> you know that that or if if you're in the Alaska Browns backers. Yeah, let's let's offer those folks a uh, three-game package because God knows the uh, flight from Anchorage into Cleveland is probably cheap enough that you're going <laughs> to sign up for that. I just, I just, I, I feel like it's to to say you cannot criticize us. I mean, we've already been down this Emperor's New Clothes um, road a thousand times with this team. I think that's just something fan-wise you just don't touch. Um, and you don't mention it. I, I mean, embrace the fans criticizing. I mean, you, you should be happy the fans are criticizing because at least it shows they care. I mean, the still, minute, yeah. The minute the minute you have um, social media um, outlets and no one's commenting, that's when you know you got trouble. So for them to care, trust me. After they signed Hooper, Conklin, and Keenum, I, I already have seen friends of mine. Um, 
fans that I've known for a long time, Browns backers I've known for, they're already back on the wagon, guys. So I, I mean, they're they're ride or dies. They're not going anywhere. But but don't don't threaten these people. I mean, they have the right to complain if they see something that. Um, yeah, and I just want to know whose idea it was, yeah. right? I mean, it, it was it's just not a good idea. Like, there's no need to bring that type of media attention to your organization no. for any reason. No. Not, not not unless you're coming off your eighth Super Bowl, uh, you know. When, I mean, I mean that's the other thing too. You, you you really haven't done any like last year. There was this huge buildup, and you laid an egg, and now you've increased ticket prices. You've you've done all the things that a winning team would do, and you're not that team. And, and then you're going to throw this out there. I just I just felt like it was unnecessary, and um, you know, like I said, we'll we'll see how that goes, right? Yeah. So. Um, d- so to some of the other stuff in, in the league, um, Tom Brady, after 20 seasons, is leaving the Patriots. What do you think, and where do you think he is going to end up? I just, to, to, uh, you know, to me, I, it doesn't affect, you know, it doesn't bother me that he, that he left. I, I will say I am a little bit surprised by the decision Merely because I, I've always seen him as a guy who made sacrifices for the organization, um, who was all in on the organization or with the organization, and it, you would just like to see him finish out his career in the same uniform. Like I, I that's just. But is that on him or is that on the organization? Then uh, I mean, if it's a guy I, I, who's oh. made sacrifices for you from a salary standpoint for twenty, you know, or okay, at yeah. least. A half a decade, or at least a decade, right? At least half of that time. Do you not owe it to him then? To hey, you know what? We'll take care of you at the end. Well, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm not privy to what was offered to him, but I have to believe that Robert Kraft didn't try shortchanging the guy. I, I mean, I just, I, I can't see that because there's just too much money. There's too much money to be made for Robert Kraft, even having a over-the-hill Tom Brady on his team opposed to whoever the hell they're going to replace him with. I, I mean, I just, I don't know. And like, you know, we're not privy to that, so I don't know. I hate to speculate. But I have to believe when you look at the way Robert Kraft has run that organization in regard to Tom Brady, um, he's been taken care of. I, I mean, I, I'm sure they'd probably even pull an Elway. Um, at some point, <laughs> give them you know some ownership of the team. I we mean, can't; it's illegal. Well, I mean, after after the fact, I mean the wink, wink, nod, <laughs> uh, or in his case, rub, tug, whatever. You know. Oh, uh, hey, he, zing! Uh, um, I just I don't know, and that's maybe the the nostalgic uh, you know you know sappy fan in me would like to see him. I just I I still remember. You know, as a kid, seeing those old uh, baseball or football cards of, you know, Joe Namath in that Rams jersey, and he just it doesn't even <laughs> look right. Or Franco Harris in a Seattle Seahawks jersey. I mean, that it's just, I don't know. You, you, I don't know. But but you know, I don't want to comment until I find out where he lands too, because who who knows? Well, where, where do you think? Where do you think? All right, and, and I'll say this: I am actually kind of happy that he's leaving, just because. Hey, he's going to be on a new team, right? The Patriots aren't going to have Brady behind center uh, this year, and I I don't know who they're going to go out and get right now. I mean, is Cam Newton the best quarterback on the market right now? Um, Obviously, you know they're not going to have a high-level first-round pick from that standpoint. And, you know, since they 
they let him go to free agency, right? His signing bonus that he had last year speeds up onto this year's cap. So the Patriots got about, you know, 12 to $13 million in dead money on their cap just from Brady. Um, so from a non-Patriots fan standpoint, yeah, I, I share your sentiment from the, hey, it's nice to see guys play their entire career with certain organizations and teams and things like that. But from a you know, non-Pats fan standpoint, kind of happy to see him go. Um, and and it'll be interested to see where he lands. So where do you think he's going to land? It'll, I, I, right now I'm thinking, I'm thinking Chargers makes the most sense. The only problem I have with that is, is that the the Chargers right now as an organization are kind of in a funky spot. Um, I, I just I don't know. I haven't gone out there a couple years ago for a Browns game. Um, you know, and they're in that little that little soccer stadium. And well, they're supposed to be at the new one this year, yeah, right? And the, although with the this right, the building's been pushed back. You don't know if they're actually going to be able to open it on time now for the NFL season with the construction delays. Yeah. Well, I, well, I just. You know, just from a fan support, fan base perspective, I guess that this could it would make business sense because it's going to help them fill that building because they couldn't fill the soccer stadium. I mean, when I was there, there was about five thousand seats left in a thirty-seven thousand seat stadium. That is embarrassing for an NFL team, especially be you know that year they were a playoff team. I mean, they were heading for the playoffs. Um, but I think if you add him, it it, it gives you kind of that that. David Beckham bump, if you will, where now all of a sudden, you know, folks in LA are going to pay attention to football. Maybe not so much because of what Tom Brady brings on the field, but it's more of the uh, well, Giselles in the audience, and you yeah. know, it, it, which is fine. Uh, you know, if you're putting butts in seats for the organization, that's great. But I, you know, long term, does it make the most sense? I, I don't, I don't know, I don't know. Um, because I don't think he's sticking around more than two years. I don't see that. And, and you know, the funny thing about this is he said it many years ago when he started taking the pay cuts to make sure that his linemen got paid and that they could bring in, like, Randy Moss-type yeah. players. He, he said this, and, and I'll have to look it up to, you know, make sure I have it verified. But I, I still remember in my head, he had said in an interview, I, I, I'm better off right now taking cuts and pay to bring in talent around me to help me win championships because when I get to the end of my career, there's going to be some team out there that's going to be willing to overpay me, and I'll be able to make my money. And, and it's all kind of come true. I mean, I mean, he has built a legacy to where now somebody is going to overpay him because whatever team he signs with, they're signing for a boatload of money, which I, I guess is the other reason why I'd like to see him stay in New England because if he, if he goes to the Chargers and you don't have a – dedicated fan base and now you've got a team that still has some holes how are you going to fill those holes if you're giving all your money to tom brady but, you, but, you even, know, but look at the i mean but from his standpoint he's saving all of that or he's saving the organization that money to utilize for other players look at that roster though right yeah. i mean yeah i know i understand they they had a successful season and they went 12 and 4 and they lost the play but I mean, they're playing against the Dolphins and the Jets and the Bills in that conference. So you're not, you know, you got six games a year where realistically the Dolphins were atrocious last year. You know, the, their head coach should have been coach of the year almost because of some of the stuff he pulled out with that roster, right? Where you trade, you know, your starting left tackle like the day of the season starts or whatever. And, and all of the other pieces and parts I think were, yeah. you know, cast offs. But you're looking at that Patriots offensive roster. 
it's not that much better. Yeah, but if you if you had had if you had had either Josh Gordon or Antonio Brown for the playoff stretch, but no, they walk but, into the playoffs. Yeah, but you don't because you took a chance on guys yeah. that, as you talked about before, did not fit the culture at any team they've been at. Yeah, well, and, and you wouldn't have had either one of those because if Antonio Brown was semi-stable, he would have never been kicked out of Oakland, right? Or Pittsburgh wouldn't have necessarily ran him off. Or and then Gordon would have still been in Cleveland or Hex I don't know, did he go to Seattle after or before the Patriots? I can't even remember. Right? And so <laughs> Well well okay, well then that being said, let's take those two off the board. Who was available that they could have brought in instead? I, I but mean, that's what I mean. But that isn't that on the team for not bringing in quality talent. I know you can't you can't bring bring in what's not there. I guess I don't know. Well, I mean, you could have traded for Odell Beckham. You know, you you could have you could have brought in Kareem Hunt. You could. I mean, if you're bringing in Josh Gordon and Antonio Brown, why not Kareem Hunt? Well, all all they needed was one deep threat wide receiver. I feel like, and and that would have completely changed the narrative. Yeah, I I don't know. I disagree. Maybe uh, maybe we can trade in Joko to them because uh, they do need a tight end. Um, <laughs> you know, I you know. I'm... Hey, my 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 hope is that both the Patriots and whoever Tom Brady goes to next year are are both horrible. Uh, I hope that, I, I hope that's the case. So I that... always feel the opposite, and that's part of the reason why I like to see him <laughs> as stay in New England because now it becomes this it becomes this deal where if you win the AFC. And you're a team that you know. You know, in the past, you haven't been able to get past the Patriots. Now you get past them, and it's like, well, yeah, sure, you got past them. I mean, they didn't, I mean, it's like Toronto winning the NBA championship. Yeah, sure, of course they won the East. There's nobody. There's nobody there. I, I mean, I, I, hey, I, that's I fine know. with me. <laughs> I don't know. But I, I would say I think, and I, I'm hearing a lot of buzz about him going to Tampa, and I don't necessarily get that. Um, I can't see him in that uniform. Looking at looking at rosters, I would actually go with the other Los Angeles team. I could see him with the Rams because I think Jared Goff is not the quarterback to have in that offense. If you bring in a guy like Tom Brady with that receiver, running back, offensive line, uh, you could get some stuff done. And that defense is pretty solid. I could see him going to, to the Rams, although that would be a tough division, right? Because you're up against... Um, you know, we'd really see what Tom Brady's made of at that point. You're up against the Seahawks and the Niners and, and now a Cardinals team with Kyler Murray and um, DeAndre Hopkins. Not that that's necessarily going to change the world, but that at least makes them slightly more competitive uh, from an offensive standpoint. I I would be interested to see him on the other side of the ball uh, or in L.A. with, with the Rams as yeah. opposed to the Chargers. I'm just, I just, I don't know. I, when, when I hear that, I, I'm just picturing near the dumpster of the new stadium, uh, them putting a statue of him and Joe Namath in uh, number two. I mean, I, don't, <laughs> I just don't know. I, I, who knows? I, I think I, I think it's going to be out. It'll be L.A. I, I, it has to be out that way. I know his, his agent, you know, uh, had sold his house. Was it Guerrero? Um, he had sold his house months ago and bought a house out in L.A. And I, I know, you know, he's got this new production company. Obviously, L.A. is the place to be. And, of course, his wife, um, L.A. fits her lifestyle. Um, you, you know, somebody had said, uh, and I found it to be a little bit funny, when, when they mentioned him going to Tampa, he said, uh, they, their comment was, well, I don't picture Giselle um, hanging out in Publix or uh, Golden Corral. Uh, <laughs> Golden <so>. Corral, baby. <laughs> what about, okay, well, what about, what about Vegas? Could you picture uh, him? Could you 
Could you picture him playing for Gruden in Vegas? Yeah, yeah. I just, man, I, I that I don't know. I just can't get over the Davis fan. I mean, they, they, he just looks like a, a crazy man. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I just can't. I can't see him being in a meeting. I know that's always my. I'm trying to picture him negotiating with that guy and, and with that special haircut and that and special this, haircut. Yeah, all that's going on there. <laughs> I I don't know. I obviously would it be great for him to be there? Hell yeah! I, I mean, um, it would be huge for them opening that new stadium to have him. But I mean, do do you want to become that? It's almost like uh, could you could you just see? you know, the social media around it. It's like he'd, he'd be a lounge act in Vegas. I mean, if he doesn't succeed, that's what it's going to seem like, right? The guy at the end of his career that just heads to Vegas to do the shows every night, you know, it, I, I I don't know. I think Chargers is where where he, he probably looks the best. And um, although I, ultimately I would have liked to have seen him with the 49ers, but um, that's not gonna, clearly not going to happen unless – you know, there's some kind of magical thing going on we don't know about. But I would have loved to have seen him in 49ers uniform. Yeah, it's it, it'll be interesting. But, I mean, if you're looking at the Raiders' schedule, right? I mean, I know dates and all that stuff haven't been announced. But if you're looking at teams that they're playing, right? You're looking at their, you know, you're looking at their division. All right, obviously two games against the Chiefs are going to be difficult. I mean, that two games against Denver. I mean, who's who's playing QB for Denver? Um, two games against the Chargers. Who's playing QB for the Chargers? Um, then you got the Falcons, you know, the Panthers, the Browns. Um, they do they go, they go to New England, um, which would be great, right? They do play the Jets, uh, the Bills, so obviously they're up against the AFC East, uh, the Dolphins. So, I mean, that's not a – and then uh looks like the NFC South as well because they got the Saints and the Bucks there at the end and then the Colts. Um, I think that's a good schedule where he could have a successful season, you know, out there in LA uh, or Las Vegas. So I don't know. I think, you know, if you're looking at some of that stuff, that might play a role. Um, yeah. I mean, if he plays for the chargers, he's got a similar, he's got the same thing. Similar but, yeah. He's got at, at Buffalo opening at Cincinnati at Denver. At, I mean, they, they're on the road. Their first four, what they got here? Well, that might or just... No. I, they haven't announced that they yet. That's just that. where they're going to be. Kansas City. Yeah. Um, they are also... They play New England in California as opposed oh, to playing... Oh, yeah, out in New England. That might be a difference maker. So, I, I don't know. Got the Jets. I mean, I don't see that just being... Uh, they got the Falcons. I, you know. All right. All what right. Do you, what do you, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I don't know. So, we'll do a quick, quick roundup of some of the other stuff. Um, the DeAndre Hopkins trade... Any, uh... Jeez, Louise. I, I mean, I, I have no idea what was going, what what that's even all about. I, I mean, that... I mean, the Bills gave up more for Stephon Diggs. Yeah, I, I mean, they basically gave away their second best player. I, I don't... It, I don't know. Unless there was something... I mean, who do you even think is their best player? I mean, you're saying... Desha- I mean, Deshaun Watson's good, but I wouldn't necessarily call him better at his job than... You know, well, I, I mean, I still think when, when he plays... Uh, well, you know, J.J. Watts. Okay. I mean, but I but still, but that's the thing. Like, health is a skill. Yeah. And that's a guy that's been injured what, yeah. half of his career. I mean, he's a phenomenal player. Don't get me wrong. He's probably on his way to the Hall of Fame. But, I mean, he's a he's you know, Sandy Koufax. I, I just don't know what. 
I don't know. I, I can't comment on on it other than I have no idea what they were thinking because I just don't know how you let a guy like that walk. I mean, he's a weapon. They made the playoffs. They made a deep run. I mean, how are you letting key members of that team just walk away and for really nothing? I, I well, mean, in that organization, right? So you paid Brock Osweiler seventy million dollars a couple years ago, right? You let Jadavian Clowney go. You traded two first-round picks for Laramie Tunsil. And now you trade DeAndre Hopkins for a running back that had a good year two years ago and in a second-round pick. Yeah. When Buffalo got, what, four? Well, well, not Buffalo. When Minnesota got four picks for Stephon Diggs. Yeah. Well. I mean, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm just glad I'm not the person that has to answer that question to the owner. <laughs> because, I mean, it's just ridiculous. I think they, they might be sending a message to their Texans backers clubs to not uh, criticize the organization shortly. Although they, they did steal Eric Murray from us, so, you know. No. <laughs> you know uh, snatched him up. All right. All right. So we got through uh, that. What about um, Teddy Bridgewater potentially getting $20 million per from Carolina and Cam Newton on his way out the door. Well, you know, it'll be interesting to see. I think I think it has to happen. I, I you know, it, it goes back to, um, you know, what it's a, you know a thought I've always had is you, you get a guy that's just been somewhere for a long time and it just hasn't happened. I mean, I think you saw that in San Diego, or I keep saying San Diego, but Los Angeles. Um, you know, you've got a quarterback that's out there and he's putting up numbers and he's doing great things, but they just don't advance in the playoffs. And I, I think that's, you know, really what you're seeing, um, you know, in Carolina. I, I mean, you're not, there probably has not been a more beloved um, athlete in that town in, in the last 10, 15 years. Oh, I can't imagine. Yeah. And, um, but what have they done, though? I, I just, you know, and it's not all on him. I think sometimes you just got to make a change. Um, I mean, they did get to the Super Bowl, and you know, not that long ago. Yeah, but the, and then they just completely fell off the radar shortly thereafter. Oh, I'm not, I mean, yeah, yeah. I'm not I, I mean, I, I just think it'll be, you know, and Teddy Bridgewater is an interesting guy. I mean, he. Um, He's not terrible. I, I mean, I, I, I don't mind him as a starting guy. What, is he the same? Does he have the same skill set? Is he a $20 um, million dollar a year quarterback, though? Yeah, but, hey, is anybody worth it? It's not what you're worth. It's what you negotiate, right? Uh, I, mean, <laughs> I agree, but that's what I mean. Is for Compared to other quarterbacks on the market, though, is he a guy that should be able to negotiate that sum? No. I, I No. And, and I'm not sure what's going on there. But, but you know, if somebody falls in love with him... Um, you know, hey, it's, uh, what was the kid from LSU? Remember the kid from LSU that everybody uh, uh, with the rocket arm? Oh, Jamarcus Russell? Jamarcus Russell. I mean, same deal. Purple drank. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, he's a kid who made a ton of money just based on what? I mean, well, he was a workout game. warrior. He was he was in he was an NFL combine. You know, yeah. guys were became so impressed with his arm yeah. that they forgot everything else that they saw um, throughout uh, watching tape. And I mean, and the benefit for for Teddy is that hey, the new offensive coordinator in Carolina is Joe Brady, who was an offensive assistant with the Saints um, before he took over for LSU last year. And you see, obviously, what he did um, with Burrow, and obviously he had some impact on on Teddy Bridgewater, um, and obviously liked um, 
what he's capable of. So it will be interesting. Um, now then, this, the second question on that whole thing is, if you're a team in need of a QB, do you trade for Cam Newton? Where you think you might be able to get him at a reduced value? Or do you wait for the Panthers to release him? Because the, they free up $19 million in cap space if they release him. So if they can't trade him, you know they're yeah. going to release him. But do you wait at where then somebody else has the opportunity to, to sign him to a deal? I guess it depends on the team. I mean, if, if you're a team that has a ton of, uh, you know, cap money left and you need a quarterback, um, or if you're, you know, the Chargers and you don't get Tom Brady, but you need someone to put butts in seats, um, you know, because that's the reality out there in L.A. I think L.A., um, you know, any of those teams out there, or even Oakland. I mean, at some point... Las Vegas. Or Las Vegas, <laughs> Las Vegas. The, the reality is going to be that you've got these mega stadiums, and you can't have those stadiums open with nobody in it. If the Chargers open up that stadium, their portion of their opening, and no one shows up... See, and that's where I think it's different for it's, Vegas. I think it's different for Vegas and L.A., because Vegas is the destination. So even if you're not selling tickets because the Raiders are great, you know, the fans from Buffalo or the fans from Carolina or the fans from Tampa are going to be like, hey, you know what? We're playing in Vegas. Let's go to Vegas for the weekend. Yeah. We'll get tickets. So Cheap I think, hotels. yeah, I, mean, I think they'll be yeah. a, a destination city for the away fans. So even if they're not able to make it, you know, Black Hole Part 2, yeah. they'll at least they'll move tickets. Whereas L.A., I think you're 100% right on L.A. where you're not necessarily making that weekend trip out to L.A. because, it, man, it's going to be crazy expensive to get a flight. It's going to be crazy expensive to get a hotel or a rental car or all of that stuff yeah. in, on, a, on a normal weekend, yeah. you know, where nothing's going on. If there's other stuff going on around, you know, yeah. whatever, you know, big concert or event. or Lakers in the playoffs. Yeah, so, I mean, if it's something can, yeah. else around. Um, I mean, that wouldn't necessarily happen, but Dodgers in the playoffs. Oh, well, Lakers maybe in the playoffs. <laughs> maybe this year. Yeah, all right. This year. I'll give you that this year. Uh, <laughs> but but from that standpoint, it, it, it's going to be a challenge for them because, I mean, that's typically not a – I mean, obviously, we've, we haven't had an NFL yeah. team there for decades for a reason. You know, not because those teams wanted to leave, but because they had to leave for financial reasons. Yeah. And, and like I said, at a game in a stadium – that held thirty-seven thousand. I mean, I might be off on that number. It was roughly Whatever. that. Yeah, and, yeah. and there's thirty. I know. I know there was five thousand seats available. And you had, I, you know, I'm sitting with Chargers fans who refused to to participate in a cheer that involved the words or the initials L.A. and Chargers because they said this team does not belong in this city. This is not their team. It's our team and it's been displaced. And I <laughs> and I feel like the folks in LA um they weren't interested either. I, I mean, you know, if now if you brought the Raiders back, think totally different picture. But with the Chargers, yeah, I just I don't agree. think they're they're interested. They're not interested in that team. So for them to open up, you're going to need a guy like Tom Brady. You're going to need something that's going to bring the fans in. Um, because you have to you have to make a big splash initially or people are going to start questioning why did these guys leave San Diego like what's going on here um, and financially you're not going to be able to sustain staying in that stadium if you're only bringing 30,000 people into an 80,000 seat stadium or seven whatever the hell it holds um, it's just a bad look um, especially if the Rams are packing the place um, 
you know, now if the the Rams were in the same boat, well then you'd be fine. But I mean, you're going to have that. It's going to be easily comparable um, when you have two teams in that stadium. So I, I don't know. Just my thoughts. Yeah. Um, and to go back, I mean, I know you know when we were talking about Brady going potentially to to the Raiders, and I know Mariota signed with the Raiders, but. I don't think signing Marcus Mariota is going to prevent you from signing Tom no, Brady if there's that, an option. Definitely not um, if you're the Raiders. Because I mean. you, you could release Carr, yeah. and then Brady's your starter, and then Mariota just becomes your backup. And then, realistically, that might be a solid plan because, hey, Brady plays two more years, Mariota sits under him for two years, and then you, you're able to maybe uh, move him into a starter role after that period of time. So, And his deal is not... Uh, you know, prohibitive in the sense of being able to sign somebody else. Think Carr can make enough short throws that he would uh, be a choice for New England. Uh, he might be. Uh, yeah, Carr might be a choice. I mean, if you're New England, do you have to Philip Rivers? I, I'd tell you if he's available, why not? I mean, he can, we you know he can make every throw, right? Yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> I mean, and, and you put him behind a great offensive line with. And it's, that's the thing. I mean, yeah. similar skill set to Brady. Right, yeah. I mean, not a guy that's exceptionally mobile. Yeah. I mean, not like Tom was either. So, I mean, I think that would you know be interesting to see who they go after well, from a New England standpoint it, as well. I mean, I guess we didn't necessarily get into that, and we're believing the Browns, but still, you know, we got to talk about those big NFL topics. Yeah. So, who would you say then New England would go after? Well, now you got me thinking because if they if they go after him, okay, and and he goes to, he goes to New England, and basically Brady fills his seat. With the Chargers now, you definitely have two teams in the same division, or hey, same conference, or same conference. I mean, what? Um, you know, it'd be a great storyline, right? I mean, you know, you'd be able to tell. Is it was it was it the system, or was it the quarterback? Um, because if Tom doesn't get it done in in uh, Los Angeles. And Philip gets and it done. Philip gets England. it done in New England. I mean, now all of a sudden, does that discount? Uh, you know, the 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 six win. I mean, I don't know if it discounts it completely, but it it at least certainly lets you know that um, you know it was Bill's system that played a, a large role in it. Yeah, um, it so would now, be interesting. Now that's what I'm rooting for. That's what you're rooting for. Yeah, that's what I'm rooting for now. You're rooting for a Chargers Pats AFC Championship yeah. game. Yeah, take the Browns out of it. You're taking the Browns out of it. I, I, the Browns are going to go 500 this year, even uh, with the talent yeah. they've added. I mean, come on. I, I mean, you, 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 we're, 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 we're running into the same. <laughs> All right, I'm not gonna, no, no, no. We'll get to that when we get. We're there. running. We're running into the same thing with them that we ran into last year. You've got a bunch of new people in new positions, and and it's just. I, I think it's a fantasy to believe that you could just. Plug and play, and all of a sudden we're in the playoffs. I, well, I guess now that there's expanded playoffs, maybe you know, well, not maybe this year. Not maybe, this year. maybe they should have voted to expand it to 30 teams, so we could have been guaranteed a spot. I don't, well, it'd be 32. We might be uh, well, 32nd, well, 31st, or 32nd. Not with the talent we've got, because uh, as, okay. as, right. as Conklin said the other day, or no, as Hooper said the other day, on paper this is an amazing team, and I'm like, oh, here we go again. I mean, kid, just. Somebody needs to tell these people to shut up. Um, but, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't see us going over 500. I, I just don't. Right. Um, so we won't get into a whole ton of other stuff. Save that for next week. Yeah, we've been here for about 45 minutes, so we'll wrap it up for you. Again, Browns backers were Believe in the Browns, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast for professionals. Do you believe? If you enjoy the show, 
please subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, TuneIn, Spotify, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. You can find us at Believe.com. That's B-L-E-A-V.com. And at Believe Podcasts. That's at B-L-E-A-V Podcasts. Have a good one, Browns backers, and we'll talk to you later. Chub check, but make sure you wash your hands after you do. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.